This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations, like rainbows and ropes, or fruity and gummy, or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts. Dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Olive Magazine Podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine Olive's Food Director and Podcast Host, and this is episode 191. This week, I'm catching up with Olive regular Ed Kimber to talk about the New York bakery scene. Ed has spent a long time researching and visiting these neighbourhood bakeries in his quest for inspiration, and we hear all about the different specialities of each, from stripy, colourful croissants to deep-fried crullers. So welcome back to the podcast, Ed Kimber. Thank you for Olive Magazine me. podcast regular. Yes. Um, Ed's got a gorgeous feature coming out in our Easter issue, which is on the newsstand soon. Um, as usual, baking. Well, we've kind of done baking with a twist for Easter, haven't we? Yeah, I keep trying to remember what we did. I just actually made one of the recipes again. Um, which is it's the... my boyfriend's mum's birthday. So I was requested something kind of Bakewell flavoured. So yeah. in one of the recipes is um, a Bakewell-ish kind of cherry almond blondies isn't it yeah super super simple um but it's a really nice simple kind of twist on that big well flavor profile that everyone loves and we've also got some um chocolatey hazelnutty swirl buns oh yeah so there's a really nice it's like a it's like a cheats babka well it's not cheese babka because like one of the classics is made with nutella yeah but it's a really easy, like beautiful brioche type dough mm, with really rich, um, yeah, Nutella chocolate chips. Yeah. And everyone loves really Nutella. Simple. Yeah, and these are really there's a lot of Nutella in it, yeah. so they're really gooey and really delicious. And, and then there's the um, hot cross bun yeah, cookies, which they're are really cute <laughs> and they're really nice. It's like um, you gave me the idea of using like the Anzac as a base, so I took an Anzac recipe that I've been using for years, and we kind of added in 
hocus-punt flavors. It has so, like little raisins. spices in. Yeah, it's yeah. got all the same spicing, raisins and some candied peel. And when I tested them the first time, I was really surprised at just how much it tastes like a hocus-punt. It does have coconut in it as well, which you but could it leave gives out. gives it a nice little chew, though. It does. Coconut. And these are like definitely on the softest style of um, an Anzac. Mm. So not crunchy. Yeah. But it felt like they should be soft because it is a hot yeah. bun. Yeah. And they're really cute and they're really easy to make. Yeah. That should be a really good one with kids because yeah. it's a really forgiving recipe. Yeah. And while we're on the shoot um, for to do these recipes, me and Ed were talking about, because um, Ed's been back to um, New York quite a lot. I think you've, yes. you've visited a couple of times in the past year, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Um, I tend to, there was a while where I hadn't been for ages and then work kept taking me back Um but it's just one of my all-time yeah. favorite cities. So we were talking about the bakery scene in New York, mm. and I said, "Oh, let, let's like do a podcast where we just, you know, point people in the right direction of yeah. some great bakeries that are doing." We thought we'd go for like the new style bakeries. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of bakeries that you would have heard of either because of Sex in the City. And <laughs> don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> bad bakery. It's boring bakery. Like the cup, the whole cupcake yeah. thing. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about more pastries. And yeah, interesting things. Yeah, the city's definitely become a lot more interesting in terms of bakeries because I think I first went to New York when I well the first time I went I was 17 18 with school um didn't really explore the baking scene (laughs) but then when I was 21 or 22 um I'd left university and I saved up money from my first job Mm. I really wanted to go to New York and at that time it was there was all it was the height of cupcake craze so like all the bakeries that were opening were um, you know, Magnolia was there. They had like seven locations, something crazy. But everything that was opening was like Butter Lane cupcakes, or and that's that. That's what the city felt like. Unless you went further back and you had things like the classic Jewish bakeries, like our washers, right? Yeah, or yeah, Russ yeah. And Daughters. Yeah. Um, and then in the last like five years, it's changed completely again. And because I've never thought of New York as like a bread city. No, I've never thought of it. They've always had yeah. some really good bakeries, bread bakeries, but. In the way that London's become this like hub of amazing mm. sourdough bakery, New York never quite got that, uh, not to my mind anyway. But recently they've kind of had that mm. plus all these really creative, interesting, kind of trend-leading bakeries. Yeah. And it's just a dream to visit now. Okay, well, let's start with um, one of my favorite named <laughs> bakeries, Supermoon yeah. Bakehouse. Um I was on their website this morning, just checking out the checking out the menu. They've got an amazing. I would urge people to go and look at the website because yeah. there's a rolling video where I they show you how they they do lots of their because they're, they're yeah. really famous for their laminated pastries. Yeah, so it's um, the chef. There's a guy called Rye, and he a is just a very very nice guy. Also makes a very good. Um, coffee he says he spends a lot of time <laughs> Ask just right to make you a coffee no, literally like half the time he'll just be on the counter pouring you know flat whites really? or whatever he is australian no surprise there um but he has he's had two bakeries in the u.s so he founded um mr holmes bakehouse in san francisco oh, okay. um, but then he he left the bakery and he kind of traveled around for ages trying to figure out what his next thing was going to be and um i don't know if he went home actually to australia but Australia has this massive Huge, thing for laminated yeah. baking yeah, at the yeah. moment. So like Loon Croissant Tourie, I guess, in uh, Melbourne and now Sydney. They just mm. announced a new one. Um, they like really led that trend for like really high quality 
laminated dough is like for croissants and all sorts. Can we, for for me and for anyone mm-hmm. out there who doesn't know, can you explain what a laminated yeah, pastry so is? Yeah, so laminated dough is what you would make, uh, used to make croissants effectively. Mm. But that dough can be used in all sorts of different things. So like cruffins are made with croissant dough. Queen of Man is a kind of croissant dough, mm. but often in these places is made just with a regular croissant dough. Um, it's incredibly hard to make well. Um, very labor intensive, very high skilled, um, expensive ingredients, a lot of butter. Mm. And I think like if you go to bakeries that make croissants, the quality and the style just varies so much that yeah. to get somewhere that just knocks it out of the park. Like I think they make, forget everything else they do, their plain croissant, I think is the best mm. croissant I've ever had. There's a bit on the, the website where they're showing you the cut through of the yeah. croissant and it's that like- That was so cool to see. So basically when you when, when you make croissant dough, yeah. you essentially are putting, you're, you're trying to make layers and layers on you. Yeah, so basically you make um, the dough. The base dough. Of, the base dough, which is, it's, it's, it is an enriched dough in that it is- uh, it has butter in it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it has eggs, but that's not traditional. Yeah. Um, and you then kind of press that into a rectangle and you add a big old slab of butter It's like on a top. sheet of butter it that's the same size as yeah. the pastry. Yeah, yeah. And they use a special type of butter that um, us, you know, home bakers can't really get our hands on. <laughs> what is it then? It's a type of butter that's a little bit more flexible um, and uh, is designed specifically for croissants and Ooh. a lot of the big butter companies make them not in this country really and um, a lot of the french butter companies make okay. them you can make obviously croissants with butter at home yeah. but this is supposed to make it a little bit easier so they come in big sheets so yeah. you have to form it um, but then you have to kind of encase the butter and the difficulty comes out in the rolling out and folding because mm. if anyone's tried to roll out butter before if it's too cold, it just cracks yeah. and forms like shards and that will ruin a croissant. Mm. So you have to get the temperature of the dough and the butter to the correct stage so, so that it like rolls put, out easily. Like sort of putty? Kind of. It of... needs to be, um, yeah, flexible, but not in a, in a, any way uh, sticky or Yeah, because if it's too warm, it'll just absorb squ- squidge out the, the side or, or, or become... Yeah, I'll do yeah. that, yeah. So it's a real tricky it's thing. It's of skill. And yeah. then you're like you're folding and rolling and folding again. So what you're doing is building up yeah. those, a bit like with puff pastry, It's exactly, it's puff pastry with yeast, basically. It's the oh, easiest way to describe okay. it. The folding method is very similar mm. um, um, and the dough is not dissimilar, but it does have, yeah, yeast is the, the added extra, which makes it much, not much trickier, but it makes mm. it trickier for sure. And I, they don't do it by hand though. They've got those. Yeah. No, they? Oh, sorry. They do have a sheeter. Yeah. They've got a sheet. And the sheeter is a thing. Sheeter's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, like a, a big, giant roller. Like a giant roller that they feed the dough and the butter into. And yeah. then it kind of sends it back out. Yeah. A so bit thinner if you think of it like a, a giant pasta yeah, machine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it's basically, <laughs> they're really long machines mm. because if you think about making puff pastry at home, you're probably making enough for like one tart, two tarts. Yeah. They're making, I don't know how many croissants they make in one batch of dough, but I think it must be, like I'm just trying to visualize like the sheet of dough. And I think it must be like 60, mm. easy 60 croissants in one go. Wow. And they're just ro- going through it. If you just watch through the window into their kitchen, it's it's like a really well-oiled machine. Yeah. It's crazy how many croissants they can churn out in a day and at the highest quality. And one of the things that they're famous for as well is they kind of brightly colored croissants, aren't they? Yeah. So it's really funny because... Um, I've come to know Ray a little bit over since they've opened and I was having a chat with him because like I've taken people there, bakers, food writers, and um, everyone who tries this stuff like loves it. And like if you give them a plain croissant and any of their filled ones as well, 
they will tell you like this is an incredibly high quality croissant. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes because New York had an issue with really tacky bakeries doing like there was one bakery that you would have a cupcake that had yeah. a party popper in it and you pulled the party popper and the cupcake exploded. I'm like, <laughs> it's not food. Like it's just dumb. Um, and then those horrible bagels, the, the yeah, rainbow all of bagels. That stuff. Yeah. So I think they got, unfortunately, I think some journalists oh, refused get... to look past that. No. So there, there was a really kind of, I remember there was a piece in Eater that was a little bit, I don't know, I don't think it was very fair to the bakery, mm. but if you try their stuff, a, yeah, it is really colourful. They add this extra layer of dough to the top that gives this colourful swirl throughout the dough. And I think it adds this real whimsy and fun. Yeah. And their flavours aren't classic. They layer in really interesting, really yeah. well thought out flavours. Yeah, it's, it looks super stylish. It's not like oh, yeah, some it's kind so of... Oh, so stylish. Yeah. I, I don't think there's many more bakeries that have as high a standard of style and like feel mm. like i think it's great also it does tell you that it's very popular with instagram people because yeah, when you course. walk in there's like people going <laughs> oh no <laughs> um i think rye once told me that someone knocked on the door after hours and saying can we just come in and take a picture oh god <laughs> so it was really funny it must be really hard though because as a business like you, you want to design it for that kind of want that to, but you, you was, want the attention you least. were saying it's a great frontage isn't it you it's can really look, cool yeah so yeah you, they're so in the um the, the lower, east side, lower east side and they're a really nice it's one of my favorite neighborhoods it's kind of really nice design it's kind of got a little bit of old new york feel even though it's like super gentrified um but there's really nice food businesses around there mm. It's just a really nice energy to the place. And they have this massive glass fronted window that looks into the bakery and they kind of mirror that again. When you get into the bakery, they have a giant glass window that is looking into the bakery itself. So you can watch them just make the stuff over and over and over again. It's hypnotic. I was going to say, it sounds like you just like pressed up against the glass. Yeah. When I was, oh yeah, hundred percent. When I was there. You probably got to go in the bakery though because you're special. I filmed something there last time. We, um, I was doing this thing on Instagram where I wanted to kind of take you behind the scenes of bakeries because I'm okay, lucky yeah. that I get to do that. Yeah. So I, it was really difficult to film, so I only did two of them. But um, I went into Superman at like four in the morning and I filmed <gasps> them like making things. And oh it was God. really cool to watch because yeah. it's the sort of baking I don't do that often. And it's so highly skilled that it's just really cool to watch people do it and yeah. do it so, so well. And do you, are you still learning then, do you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever stop learning where there was a pastry chef um from i'm now going to forget the name of the restaurant it's the restaurant from thomas keller in california has a peg french laundry french laundry sorry yeah there's a pastry chef at french laundry that told me like 10 years ago that the sign of a bad chef is someone who thinks they know everything yeah and so i've always kind of had it in my head that you should always be learning you should never take anything as a given Mm. And I think the people who are the most interesting are the people willing to listen and learn. And so, yeah, I'm always trying to take are bakers on. happy to share them. Do you think? I like, think so. I think yeah. baking generally because it, yeah. it's not about the recipe. Some things are, yeah, but it's about the skill with that recipe. Yeah. So the thing that I always find interesting when we publish recipes is that you know my recipe looks like X, but you can take that recipe and it will look like something else. Yeah, not in a bad way. It's just interpretation, it's skill level, mm-hmm. it's how, you know, uh, specific you want to be with a recipe. So I think it's the same with cooking, really, but I'm very confused when people are really protective of their secret mm. recipes because it's like, well, it doesn't matter because just because you have the recipe doesn't mean you can make it and doesn't mean that you will make it in the same way. Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, I think the thing is, though, Ed, I'm just going to pull you up there and say you do test your recipes quite (laughs) obsessively. And actually, whenever I've seen someone doing your stuff on Instagram, it does look like yours. But so I think gonna, I think on the that's a good thing. Come on, is. that's like yeah. yeah. I do think that um, bakers on 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 the general are very supportive. Yeah, and, that's good. Yeah, I think that's a, a nice thing. nice yeah, thing too for sure. Um, and then so Lower East Side Supermoon Bakehouse, yeah. check that out. And then walking a bit north, I guess, which is in the Nomad District, which is north of Madison Square Park, yeah. is the Burke Street Bakery. Yeah, so Burke Street is. Um, it's not American, it's Australian. Yeah. And they, to me, represent something really interesting because New York has always been one of those places because it's like a center of culture, lifestyle, mm. and money being the most important thing in this situation is that they've always been able to attract really big food businesses from mm. elsewhere. So like if a ramen shop from Japan is wanting to expand, yeah, New York is probably top of the list of places they might do it. Or, you know... And baking has turned into that in the last few years for New York. So, yeah. Burke Street Bakery is, you know, a Australian. So it's from Sydney originally, point. wasn't it? Sydney, yeah. I think they've got. They got I can't remember how many locations well. they've got now, but there's a lot of locations yeah. in Sydney, like five or six probably. Yeah. Um, they've also written incredible cookbooks. Their first cookbook, I think, is a classic as far as I'm concerned. Really? And they. They have two business partners, and one of the business partners moved to America to oh, set up a New York there. arm. Yeah, he yeah. now permanently lives in Australia, in New York. And they, I kind of say they take like Australian baking as a kind of guide, and okay. then they have, um, they've put like a slight modern spin on it. They're not trying to do a modern bakery. Like they serve sausage rolls, they serve Aussie yeah. meat pies, and they serve like really nice tarts and sourdough. But they do it really, really well. Yeah. And New York seems to love them since they've opened. It's mad, isn't it? Because we were saying um, um, in the US, things like sausage rolls and pies, we just grew up with them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. over there, they're kind of like a little bit not quite sure what this yeah. is or it's really how I should approach yeah. it. Yeah, so Supermoon <laughs> makes one as well. And I was really intrigued to see like how New Yorkers would take a sausage roll because mm. it's not a thing there. And he was saying that there was a little bit of kind of inquisitive like, What's a sausage roll? Sausage. Uh, yeah. And I just find it really funny because like we were joking before, like sausage rolls is like 50p at Greg's kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but like you can make like a really good sausage roll. Yeah. Like, the recipe that Burke Street use and they have in their book is delicious. They is do it? like um, a fennel pork oh, one. So and good. it's like really simple, but mm. it's so delicious. So kind of, I would say they fit what I love about a bakery mm. where it's all about flavor first, aesthetic second, that like all their stuff is beautiful, mm. like in look as well, but you, it has this really nice, almost rustic nature to it that I just kind of that like Aussie yeah, down to earth. It's very down to earth, but it's also just like, I really appreciate that. It's not just like really pretty and it doesn't taste good. I think if you're going to look pretty, you have to taste really, really good because otherwise it's just, you know, it's icing and prettiness. It's like, it doesn't translate. So I like the fact that they've managed to do this really nice balance of looking great, mm. but tasting incredible as well. I think this is one of the ones as well that I identified um, that there's big queues outside. Yeah, well, they're um, very new as well. They've yeah. not been open that long. And it just seems to be New York. They love queuing. They love, they, queuing. They love, a, they love a new place. <laughs> they definitely like yeah. to see what's new for yeah. sure. Um <laughs> But also, I just think it's a little bit different. I think New York's yeah. baking has become much more interesting the last few years. And I think 
it's something different mm. that they haven't had before. They actually do a bread timetable. So I was online looking at it. And um, so like each type of bread, it'll either tell you like comes out daily at 8am or they only do it on a Monday mm. at 11 or like, you know, the turmeric and black pepper sourdough, which I think is quite famous, only comes out on Wednesday at 11am. So um, I quite like that idea that, you know. It just kind of reminds me of the, I can't remember which donut company it is, but they used to ring a bell when their donuts came out of the fryer. Um, and I think it's kind of a really cool version of that because if you yeah. like go to a bakery and you love what they make, mm. but you never quite figure out when that thing's available. Like if yeah. you know it comes out at 11 o'clock, you're going to be there at 11 o'clock to make sure you yeah. get some. I think it's a really smart idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I'm committed enough though to actually... <laughs> to bread? <laughs> to bread, I don't know. Praying in the Temple of Carbs. Um <laughs> Stay tuned for more from Ed, including a bakery in Brooklyn that specialises in Taiwanese flavours. And then over in the meatpacking district, which is actually, I looked on a map, walkable from Nomad, mm -hmm. uh, we have Fabrique, yeah. who are another um, immigrant. And the import. Import yeah. uh, from Sweden. From Sweden. So it's funny because Fabrique is big here. Like in yeah. London, we have which I think five or six Fabrique Three. now. Yeah. There's their original one in Haggerston in London, and that's their commercial bakery, which you can also visit. And then all the other ones are like satellite stores. Okay. And they've been around, I don't know how long, 10 years, I think, okay. as a company. They just had some sort of anniversary. Um, but they're obviously originally from Sweden. They're yeah. a Swedish baking company specialised in cinnamon buns, cardamom buns, Swedish-style breads. Um, and yeah, this year they opened in New York again to massive, massive acclaim. New York is, Times wrote up their recipe. Did they? Um, is that because that was the first time they'd had I don't cardamom know. bun? Th no, I think they thought th that there, someone had. There is a little ish. There's two of them in Brooklyn called Bakery, um, B A K E R I, oh, right, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they are Scandinavian and have done cinnamon buns, but right. maybe maybe a different style. But obviously. Like cinnamon buns in the American sense are like a classic. Yeah, like the cinnamon. I mean, yeah. there's there's like chains that totally. sell them. Yeah. So I think that's maybe why they're successful in that it's familiar but different. Yeah. Um, because like I love Fabrique. Like they make these really sticky. They're very sweet, but they have these just amazing buns. Like their cardamom bun. Yeah. It's just a pure treat. I think it's one of the best things going. What's the, I mean, what's the basis of a cardamom bun? Because it, it's enriched dough, just like kind of um, brioche, but not quite as enriched. But the shape is, is such that like you can, it's like, yeah. it's all twisty, turny, like yeah. someone's been platting it or something. It's, or, it's not actually that tricky to make. So what you do is you roll out a big rectangle of dough, like you're making just regular cinnamon buns. Yeah. And then you spread over the filling, but instead of uh, rolling it up into a sausage, uh, you fold the half of it down mm. to kind of sandwich that filling in. Right. And then that gets cut into thin strips. You have these long ropes and then ah. they kind of get wrapped around your hand. There's a knack to the actual shaping. I see. Um, but they're, they look, it's the kind of classic, to my mind anyway, the classic Scandinavian bun yeah. shape. Um but they, it's also nice because it means all the filling kind of comes out. I was going to say, so you're creating all of the layers and, and yeah. like textures, but you're lots of texture. but not in a spiral. It's like it's in a sort a spiral, of random. It's, it's it's a more kind of random looking, but it's a very specific. But yeah. the nice thing about it is because they are baked individually, the kind of sugar 
and uh, the cinnamon or the cardamom mixture kind of leaks out a little bit and yeah, often and goes caramelizes, crisp on the bases yeah. and it's the Ugh, best bit. It's so so hungry now, even though you're feeding me <laughs> these ridiculous yeah, black sable cookies with black cocoa, which are incredible. <laughs> people keep, well, yeah. half the people thought they looked like terrazzo tiles. And the other people were unkind and said they looked like black pudding. It was pudding. Adam said they looked like black pudding. Yeah, but I, so many people said they looked like black pudding. I kept wanting to say, I get it. Yeah, it's fine. I get it, shut up. Yeah, they're cookies, they're sweet. Get off my Instagram. Yeah. Also, it's the boy who bakes, not makes. I think I said to Adam uh, from the magazine when he messaged me about it, I said, yeah, something like the boy who makes, what was it? The boy who makes uh, black pudding, never, on sale, never, coming to a bakery, never. <laughs> Just because it's not my real house. When you see them in real life, though. They, they look like cookies. They don't look like black pudding <laughs> no. at all. And they are absolutely delicious. Um, so then moving on to Union Square, and we have Daily Provisions, yep. which apparently is famous for their crullers. Yes. What's a cruller? I think I saw you making one the other week as well. Yes. Is so, it a type of donut? Yeah, they are a donut. Um, so... Often in America, they go by the, t- the name French crullers, even though oh, they're not French. Right. They go by that name because they use shoe pastry, which was seen as like very French. Um, basically, it's a fried shoe pastry ring. So they're a little bit like uh, churros or um, oh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but Daily Provisions is something really cool. So they seem to have been coming a trend in the US the last like, I don't know, three, four years. Okay. Um, because I think they're really hard to make really well. They're very easy to make. Mm. Um, but to make them so they're not greasy and they have the right texture is is tricky. Um, and so over my travels for work in the last few years in the States, I've noticed bakeries and donut places have come up with really great crullers. And... Um, because it's quite a traditional thing in America, yeah, isn't it? So they so they're just kind of elevating it slightly to yeah. I think traditional like if you went to sort of like um, a Krispy Kreme or Dunkin', their crullers are much softer. Right. So these have a little bit more like a classic shoe pastry yeah. crisp texture, soft mm. inside. And um, but the flavors have just been really interesting. So the one I had at Daily Provisions the first time was, I think, salted maple, nice. and it was just delicious. Um, and then there's a tiny little place and mm. it's not truly a bakery it's more of like i don't know like a breakfast spot a yeah. sandwich shop they basically in the morning they sell crullers they sell a couple of other things but then breakfast sandwiches yeah so they also make one of my favorite breakfast sandwiches with like pork belly it's like a their take on a, a bacon egg and mm-hmm. cheese again nice and um, all the classic new york breakfast sandwich but um yeah, it's an, it's an unusual part of time, town in that it's near Union Square, so it's not too far from Midtown. Yeah. Um, full of, you know, suits, and um, it's a very busy it's rushing not, around. <clears throat> it didn't look very hipster, I'd say. No, no, quite, no, 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 no. It's definitely not a hipster no. neighborhood. Whereas um, some other places are definitely For sure, hipster. yeah. <laughs> this is definitely much more, like, verging on corporate neighborhood. Because I noticed on the menu as well, they do gougères, which yes. gougères are actually made from... Yeah, same dough. Um, same dough, which same is, dough. so they're, they're obviously just using a dough. Probably. In a, in a, yeah, probably. Yeah. You can, sometimes you might vary the, the amount of egg in it, but basically it's the same thing. So the difference is that gougere, once you make the shoe pastry, you then fold through cheese, cheese. and all other oh, manner of things. They're amazing. the best. Yeah. And there's a pretty big gougere. Um, but it's a really nice spot, especially if you're, if you're staying in Midtown, which a lot of tourists will yeah, do. Yeah, because the big hotels there as yeah. well, you get quite a good It's also, deal. I think for a lot of tourists, it's near a lot of the stuff they'll yeah, want to do. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, I've, I've stayed, I stayed uh, at the end of Spring Street, so like Village Place. Spring Street's place. a nice place to stay, I um, like there. And then 
I've also stayed like midtown, like literally around the corner from the Eiffel Tower. And I have to say, like, the Eiffel Tower. In, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. That famous American Just a land, hop, hop, famous American to... landmark, yeah. the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> uh, the Empire State, Empire State Building. Yeah. You know, and weirdly, like the Eiffel Tower just flashed up yeah. in my brain as I said that. Um and I find I found Midtown really easy. It's to, like, very easy if you want to it. get to get like, yeah. you know, we got we walked along to the end. Um of our street and we got the ferry over to yeah. uh, Brooklyn. Nice. You, you know, jumping on the, yeah. I want to say the tube, but it's not, it's a subway. <laughs> Metro. Jumping on the subway. Yeah. I think um, it really depends what you want. Yeah. If, if it's like when you're first or like first visit or you're doing something where you're going to be doing a lot of like theater or tourist yeah. stuff, Midtown can be super useful, but I much prefer it further south because mm. just much more interesting food places, yeah. easy to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but it just, yeah, it depends what you yeah. want. But uh, it's rare that I would have thought to put a really cool bakery there but they're owned by the um i'm gonna get it wrong now i think it's the union square hospitality group which yeah, is I think Danny it Mayer's, is. yeah yeah which is uh, the business so yeah. they own shake shack they own uh, some really big restaurants mm. in new york and this is their kind of like i guess ca- their most casual concept yeah. other than shake shack although that's a different company now um but it's just a really nice spot that nothing's expensive no um you menu's can try really a few short. different things get a coffee yeah the coffee's yeah. really good um the cruelers are great um yeah i just i really like it because i think cruelers are definitely they're having a moment and they do something really inventive they have opened another location now which is much bigger okay and they're serving much more as a restaurant mm. but i like the original i think it's it's nice and small and it's right in the middle of a bunch of different things yeah, so it's really nice easy little, to pop by. little wreck for people yeah um and then down to the trendy west village where we find Mazadar Bakery. So you told me about this once. Yeah, so I'm going to forget what Mazadar means. Um, I did know at one point and now I can't remember. Um, But it's run by a um, woman called Umba who used to work for, I'm going to forget his name. He's the judge on Top Chef, Tom Colicchio. So she used to work uh, for Tom Colicchio in his business and she would always bring in baking and Tom was like, you should you know, you should do this as a bakery. Really? So I, if, if my memory serves me right, he's an investor in the business. But Umber's a really interesting character in that she she has a really wide-ranging point of view. So okay. um, she is from, um, I'm, I want to say Iran now. I'm pretty sure she's from Iran. And her some of her baking reflects that. Okay. Um, but she also has a very classic Americana vibe going on. So you can get like the most classic kind of donut going chocolate layer cake yeah um and it's a really beautiful bakery it's much more so if you have like the east village which is you know classically a little bit more punk and you know rough around the edges and it's a bit edgier isn't it yeah like quote unquote hipster or or whatever the west village is the utter opposite that it's It's you know rich old ladies so charming isn't it oh it's beautiful it's the most beautiful neighborhood like all the big brownstone houses it's where all the rich actors live yeah um so if you want that classic idea of what new york looks like yeah it is the west you feel like you're in a movie oh 100 because you are because so many movies are filmed (laughs) around there um but it's just in that neighborhood it's in a really nice part of town to have a wonder um the bakery is beautiful it's all marble and blue and it's very very nice and she has a really wide variety of baking and everything is done to a very high standard. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's not like one specific thing. 
everything she does is is very high quality. Okay. Yeah. And last stop, Brooklyn. Jumping on the the L. Is it the L? L goes to Brooklyn. I'm not sure yeah. it's the right one, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's as far as my knowledge goes. There's a, there's a <laughs> there train. is a train called the There L. is a yeah. train that goes to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Winson Bakery, mm-hmm. um, which again is interesting because it is a Taiwanese-American and they're doing some really interesting mm. things there as well. So Winson uh, is a restaurant. And then this yeah. year, um, not this year, um, they decided to open a bakery. So it's the Winson Bakery. And the thing I really like about them is they, it's that same thing where they've taken their own influence of Taiwan mm. and they've added it to like classic American, classic New York dishes. So like one of the things that you will see they do is like their version of the New York egg sandwich, like classic bodega mm. breakfast, like cheap, cheerful, um, and normally it's with sausage or bacon and then an egg and cheese and like it's crappy American cheese, which we all love. And it's like a grab and go, you know, wrapped in foil, yeah. cost very little. And then they've taken that idea and they do it with like a Taiwanese milk bun with pork belly, with mm, ginger. So and if you look at it, it looks very New York. But then you actually look at it properly and you can see the differences and then you read the menu. And I just really like that kind of interesting mix of flavors because so like it feels pro- really New York It's like to me. a proper mashup then rather than say, rather than doing it's, Taiwanese. It's, it's a mashup. I, I think sometimes that we think of mashups as like yeah. cheesy, but this feels like it's a real, like I'm from New York, but yeah. I have Taiwanese family or whatever. And it just feels really interestingly done. And uh, the food is like top notch. So do they make their milk buns? Yeah. I guess they do. Yeah. Because they've got things as well, like pastries. They've got like um, millet, mochi donuts, mm. And um, laminated polo bao bun, yeah. which just sound, I mean, they all sound, they sound, all sound quite mad, but yeah, like, yeah. But I then imagine the, quite delicious. Also, I think it feels a little bit diner-esque, I yeah. think, um, in that sense that it's not just like a bakery, you grab and go, you can sit down, you can eat. Yeah. And it has that real dinery vibe, I think. Um, it's also it, quite good. I mean, for New York, quite good value like yeah. you know four dollars three dollars where you're not going to go and get completely rinsed in there like you're no. doing a lot of places i, I do think also like so i think when people often go to new york for the first time they never leave manhattan yeah i think it's kind of sad because the other boroughs have so much interesting yeah. stuff to offer um like in brooklyn i'm trying to think of other places just off the top of my head you've got four and twenty blackbirds which is like one of the best pie shops that i know of nice. you know we don't do pie shops in that way here um you can go have a slice of pie mug of coffee do you mean like sweet pie? Sweet pie, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. That, you yeah. Know, yeah. So good. And then there's um, Ovenly, which is a um, kind of, again, like an all-purpose bakery, but they do a lot of vegan things. Um, they have the best peanut butter cookie you will ever have. Really? And it's three ingredients. Wow. Um, the recipe's on my website. I was going to say, do you, <laughs> do, you then, do you eat it and then you come back and you're like, just going to make that at home. I'm sure yeah. I can recreate it. I think if anyone's ever commissioned me or read my books or just read any of my recipes that the international influence is massive yeah i i think i get more pleasure from kind of exploring bakeries from my trip and then trying to interpret that into my work i think it's the best thing um and new york has always been one of those places where the amount of influence there is massive because the people are from everywhere new Mm. york's like london where most people don't grow up here yeah they move here and so they bring where they came from with them and it makes the food scene in those places much better than it would have been Brilliant. if it was just people there so um, yeah. 
yeah, it makes it a great baking city. Well, I think we've given people lots of different <laughs> places all scattered around New York to try. Yeah, so they're mainly in Manhattan, but yeah. there's lots there. <laughs> Thank you for all those recommendations. And um, yeah, your recipes will be coming out soon in the Easter issue yes. of Olive magazine. Yeah, and lots then, of good stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. But thanks for talking to us today, Ed. My pleasure. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a March issue on the newsstand now, or why not take advantage of our brilliant subs offer and get five issues delivered for only £5. Just go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash olpod, that's O-L-P-O-D, to get the offer. After your first five issues, you automatically pay £20.99 for every six issues, but you can cancel at any time. T's and C's apply. So that's it for this week. See you next week when we'll be back with more food and drink chat.